Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Shoot It Straight podcast. And our newly painted room for those viewing online. Black 3.0. And now you actually blend in. You pro- People can probably not even see your body and your head, just your face and your arms. That's perfect. Those are the best parts. <laughs> Those are the best parts of me. <laughs> not the top of your head? No, definitely not the top of my head. Or your whole torso? Nope. Nope. Face and the arms. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Well, Squat took care of the mic check today. Good. And we're today we're going to do a Q&A style. Q&A style episode, which are fun. I like yeah. these. They were popular. So we got, what, like five, four questions to go four, over? So We'll do four questions today related to nutrition. Yeah, All so nutrition-based questions. So I'll get to play the um, the host and like ask you questions, and I'll be like the, the like the interviewee. I think we both can answer. We both answered the last one. We both have thoughts. We do, but like you know, you're the nutrition expert, so this will be the Erica show today. It's be kind of fun. For the me. Erica show, the Erica Shoot It Straight podcast. Yeah. Cool. I'm here for that. Because you're always like it's the Cody show. Sometimes you know. You don't well, like it the is Cody the Cody show. Westcott. It is Cody Westcott Golf Fitness. It is. But the Shoot It Straight podcast is our is us. It's the collective. The cl- well, and squat. And squat. Yeah. When he wants, guys, he went on a walk today, and um, we walk him. We walk him, but we spontaneously walked like two miles in the middle of the day, and it's still like ninety degrees here. And he's he's probably gonna just be laying like this for the rest of the. This I mean, is it. Yeah, he just got totally blindsided with a with a walk. <laughs> Oh, he was blind in the afternoon. Today. He like had no, it was he had just no not idea part of our routine, really. Like we, you and I, go on walks, and I walk him in the backpack all the time. But this is was him actually walking on his four legs. He was not ready. He wasn't ready. <laughs> He's still confused about why it had to happen that way. He came and collapsed on the kitchen floor like he was just the most exasperated. Yeah, I mean, it's it's October 2nd, and it's still 90-something degrees outside. In Oklahoma, but I was actually just talking to a friend, and Anita just told me she uh, it's 85 in D.C. Well, D.C. and Tulsa have always been pretty close to the same. They are, but I mean, the, the summers here are hotter and longer for sure, but it's yeah, it's warm out there. I mean, I felt winter here was just as long as it was in Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just think that we're losing more and more of spring and fall, like a little bit each year, mm-hmm. everywhere. Because I was looking through old videos to post the other day of, of when I was videoing things out in the garage, and it was like April 24th, and I was still recording videos out there in a hoodie. In D.C.? No, here, in Oklahoma. Oh, oh this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Late April, still like wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And here we are in October, sweating like crazy. Like I don't even want to go play golf in the afternoon right now. It's still still so hot in October. So I know we we are in the clear soon. We think that's supposedly we'll find what the out. weather says. So we can at least get out for some afternoon, yeah, activities. Because mm-hmm, I really want to play some golf in the afternoon. I think I can play more. You know, get in nine holes. Well, I like this like two or three o'clock hour of yeah, like doing. Usually that's what I've been. We've been doing a walk at that hour. It's mm-hmm. nice to get up and take a break because usually you and I get up pretty early. Any like, sometimes that's a full day for me at that point. Right. So sometimes I'm wrapping up, or sometimes if I have more, but it's still a time in the day where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone has that slump. That's like part of our circadian rhythm. I forget who I was listening to. It might have been a Matt Walker um, podcast. He's the sleep expert guy. That he's fascinating and he knows a lot about sleep and has done a lot of sleep research, but. I think it's like whenever that slump is, if you add seven or eight hours to it, that's supposed to be like your optimal bedtime. So if you have a, a slump at three o'clock, if you add like seven hours to it, you're, you should be going to bed at 10. 
because hmm. we, we all kind of get that like I think a lot of people feel like it's oh my gosh I'm sugar crashing or I'm coffee crashing and it's just naturally like how our I mean we can't just be riding high all day but everyone kind of does feel that afternoon slump at some point and it's just part of your body's kind of circadian rhythm but I mean for you it's like five hours because like you'll be in bed well, no, I it's sometimes my son, right yeah, I mean, sometimes my, it, like, <laughs> 1 or one thirty for me these days is when I'm kind of like, it's like post-eating, and I'm kind of like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah, I mean, I go, listen, I go to bed when I'm tired, and I wake up when I feel good. That's, I, one of the things I love the most about, like, working for ourselves and working remotely is that I can do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that sometimes it means that I can't stay up late and watch a late game or whatever, but it's really nice to be able to like, I haven't set an alarm in so long for anything. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's tough for me cause like peak physical performance when I want to go play golf is morning time. Cause like yeah. that's when I work out. Yeah. Like that's when I'm, you know, firing on all cylinders you could say, but that's also when I'm the most creative and I need to work. And if I'm out on the golf course at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm doing things on my phone and while I'm playing golf. So I get distracted especially this oh you, you know, do do that yeah like usually I, like, you're pretty good about keeping the golf course sacred no i i, I make notes and um, i mean my juices are flowing so like yeah. in my notes on my phone i'm writing i get ideas on work stuff or i'm even thinking about our program as i'm out there walking around i see how people are moving i want to like address those things for common issues i see so i just yeah i'm always kind of making those notes and but you know in the evening time is when I do feel like I've got everything done that I need for the day. And I feel, I would, I do feel good, like relaxing and I'd love to be, have enough energy to go play golf. Like, well, I still go play golf in the, in the evenings, but I don't play as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like so, a trade off. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think if the intention is for you, if it's more of a wind down afternoon thing, if you go in with that intention and like, it doesn't need to be your like peak performance. And I think like that's just totally okay. Yeah. But it's not, I, I want peak performance. You can't have peak everything all the time. And that's like something that we would coach our clients around right. too, you know? You can't. You really do have to kind of choose. And I, again, not everyone, you know, that's what we say with clients. What time of day should I work out? Which day is best? It really is the, the time of day that you're going to stick to is truly the mm -hmm. best because it's minutia. If it's right. splitting hairs, if it's morning versus night versus whatever, you know? But if it's when you can get it done, and that's why we do tend to tell people if you can do it in the morning before your day starts and gets and interruptions tend to happen which is what happens for most people, that is the best time of day. But if it's if it's afternoon for some people because you get up and work at 6 a.m. and you're a nurse and you get off at 3 or whatever, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, all that to say, I love – we both love a good, like, getting an afternoon sunshine, walk, golf, whatever. It feels good after yeah. we've been sitting on computers for or screens and phones for all day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we have our, I have my men's league on Thursdays at 530. I think it's over now, but you know, I, I haven't especially, you know, I haven't played well in those and it's kind of sucks because you can win some money and you know, people are watching and well, 530 is especially like late to start. I mean, you guys play nine or whatever, but just mm -hmm. to start like around the golf is kind of just whatever, but it's, they're it's, fun formats, but it, sometimes it's challenging to get yourself in a groove too. Like when we, we play alternate shot, yeah. um, it's hard, and when I'm not firing on all cylinders, I get frustrated because I'm a lower handicap, so I usually get paired with someone that's a higher handicap to kind of even out the teams, and so then I should be carrying the team, essentially, you know, like I should be making better shots than I do at 5.30 in the evening, so it's a bummer, but... <laughs> Can't win them all. It's okay. 
Don't don't cry for me, anyone. Nobody's crying for you. No, no one feels bad for me. Nobody feels bad. Squat and I <laughs> love Thursday nights when we get to have the house to ourselves because we just go lay in bed. Yeah, and then you know, um, last week I, I debated making a post about this because every one of these men's league, I, I get fit shamed a little bit. Okay, um, this is the second time today I've seen fit shamed. Who else said it today? I don't know. I mean, it, it goes around. Like, you know, I think Marcus Philly made a post about being fit shamed at a pool party or something recently. I see. I've never heard of fit shaming until literally it wasn't him. So what does it mean? Seriously, what does fit shaming mean? Is it just calling people out for being well, and his, looking it, a certain way? Like people always have to talk about how people look. Right. Well, I mean, and, and, and so in his scenario, I think he was at a pool party and it got back around to him that people were looking at him and saying that he was too much, that he was too fit. You know, he's too muscular, too ripped, too over the top, basically. Um, mine is a little different because maybe it's like health and fitness. It's like health shame for me because um, after after men's league, you know, we all, they go they go and um, check your scores and everyone hangs out. It's it's a social gathering, right? Like everyone's drink, they give out beer. It's not free. We, we paid for it somewhere along the line, but you get as much beer as you want. They have a buffet of food. And I usually don't partake in it because it's Thursday night. I don't want to drink beer on Thursday night because I wake up Friday mornings and go train and I don't want to be hungover. And then I don't eat the, the food because that would also like affect my workout the next day. Um, not that I'm totally against all that stuff. It's just my priorities are I'm not just going to drink every Thursday night because it's men's league. Yeah, totally. Um, or because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, like I mean we went to Nickelback. I had a couple beers at the Nickelback concert. Like that was a thing that we've like i don't do that very often so totally. you we know did that. It was, had the ma- tequilas i yeah. stayed up till midnight felt like crap the next day right. but, <laughs> but it was, a, it it was, was a special fun. occasion so i had yeah. a couple beers we enjoyed the show <laughs> and things like that so i just don't i just don't rank it up there that every thursday night i need to drink you know several beers and and eat crap food yeah. you know and, and feel like shit the next day that's just not what i want to do um so everyone usually gives me a hard time about that like oh we'll see you inside and i'm like oh no i'm just gonna go ahead and go home um Especially if my team, we, we're not playing well, so I know we're not going to win. Like you want to be around, so they announce the winners, but we weren't going to win anything. So I was just going to go home. I was like, oh, because we don't have any he- any healthy food for you in there, huh? Or so that's like yeah. a form of fit shaming. Okay, yeah. Okay, got it. Got um, it. Got it. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that's been my whole life. Right. So not not that I care, <laughs> but not that no, I care, you but sh- it's you like care. it's like it gets annoying because it's every time. Yes. You know? Because especially because we've lost every time, so I'm not I don't care to go in there because we're just going to sit around and wait to hear that someone else won and not me. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little form of fit shaming, and and the guys are the nicest guys ever, and I I think that's just part of our culture. People just say stuff like that. Um, yes. Because you're going against the norm, right? Like everyone's going in there. Everyone's already been drinking. Then they're going to go in there, drink a few more beers, hang out. I mean, it's like Thursday night football's on in there. Like it's it's cool. Like I, it's just not like I said. Like I'm waking up Friday morning to go train. And I don't want to feel like shit, so like I just don't partake in that. But yeah, I no totally. I, I have this, nothing against people to do though. Well, this is a very common thing. I think I just haven't heard it phrased as fit shaming, but this is the big reason why people cave into peer pressure. This is why people do end up yeah drinking six beers and regretting it every single time over and over mm-hmm. again. Like this is actually like huge. So I yeah, fit shaming is like maybe one way of putting it, but even for people that aren't in the fitness space, it's like the clients that I work with that are like, I can't say no to alcohol or I can't not eat the snacks. And you know, sometimes I'm just like, you can, (laughs) sometimes I'm literally just in their corner being like, you literally can, but I, I get it because I've been part of, yeah, I've been on the other side of that too, where it's like, 
here we go again. Like I'm reaching for a vegetable and someone's going to say something about it just because it's literally like what I want to eat or whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, I think things like, I think things have changed a lot over the recent years. I think like the generation now, I mean, people are almost, again, the pendulum swings to the way other side where it's like, we're almost overly conscious of how many allergies do you have? You know, waitresses now ask you like, what are your oh, yeah, allergies? They, they did ask like, us that recently. We, and it's like, wait, what? Like, I know, I know that people, anybody that lives in like LA is like, well, yeah, duh. Like, but if you go to LA, like every restaurant has like 18 different gluten-free, vegan-free, vegan-free plus 7.0 menus or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> but it's like, that's the other extreme where we have like all of the options and all of the things. But yeah, now um, I've just seen it framed more like it's almost it's more normal to eat like crap and eat junk food and, you know, drink heavily and nobody says anything. But when you start to like eat well and take care of yourself, people are like, huh? Yeah. That's like just the world that we live in where like it's at you. People just think you're on a special diet or whatever because you're just kind of eating good food. Yeah. And and, th- and I get that usually so. now that now I've played with the same group of guys for a while. They don't they don't do that. It's it, it is like the people that haven't played with me before. Yeah. They usually do say something about. When I when I make the turn and I drink my protein shake and I eat like my oatmeal or whatever m- food I've brought out there and they grab the hot dogs they usually give me some shit about it, not like in a I don't I don't I don't I don't know what type of way it is like I don't take it as like super negative like they're trying to make fun of me or something like that, but it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting sometimes. It's their own insecurity, and so that's what I tell people is like if if you think about it, you know. They're not judging you. They're judging. They're feeling bad about themselves, about the choices that they make. So they have to kind of outwardly project it on other people. Yeah. It's the same way. Like it's a, it's like a, like, I don't want to say that it's jealousy so much as it's like they see a a physique maybe that they don't have or, and they wish that they did have that. So it's like, well, I'm just going to kind of poke fun at this guy and that'll make me feel better about, not taking care of myself. Yeah. That's fair. I know that sounds kind of like deep, but I really do believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I got one of the guys on board that plays me all the time. Now I bring him. Um, you bring him the jerky sticks I bring or him whatever? The jerky. I, bring <laughs> oh, him, yeah. I bring him uh, jerky or I got sent some protein bars um, and jerky and I'll bring him some of that stuff and give it to him because he needs to eat and, you know, he gets tired like during the rounds. Yeah. So I bring it for him and that's good. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, lead by example. If someone is, becomes inquisitive about it, that's really like the best thing that you can be doing. You don't ha- you don't even have to over-explain yourself. I used to explain myself. This was way back when I was like trying to all the diets for all my Crohn's things and people would always have to ask me and I always felt like I had to over-explain. And then I was just like, I'm just done explaining. I'm going to eat this because this is what I want. That's like the end. That's, yeah. the, that's literally that's it. Yeah. I don't have to explain myself to anybody. I'm going to drink water because I want to. Yeah. That's literally the end. And if anybody's pressing you harder than that, like, especially if they're in your quote unquote friend group, fuck that noise. They're not your friend. Right. But if they're in like crowds of those types of situations where you're kind of with people that you don't know as well, it's just like, you don't have, you don't need to explain yourself. Yeah. And the thing is about all these types of food is it's not that they don't taste good and I wouldn't enjoy eating them. It's the feeling I get afterwards. And, you know, I think people also think it's, oh, it's for your physique. Like, oh, you don't want to look a certain way. So you're not eating this. It's like, overall, the number one thing that keeps me from eating a bunch of shit food is I feel like shit. And my performance is shit. My sleep is shit. 
that's why I don't do it. And like, that's when you, you taught me out of like, Hey, you really probably don't want to eat that ice cream. I know you're going to, you want to eat the ice cream, but I got to hear about your belly hurting later. I do. <laughs> so, uh, you're always like, Ooh, the water burger. And I'm like, mm, but like the last three times you did that, like we were not well. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, you know, and so when it, when it comes to perfect, you know, if it's a weekend, like a Saturday night and I'm not training on Sunday, I usually, we, I usually do opt for the ice cream and take the belly wops a little bit at <laughs> night because I do enjoy it. But if I'm going to get up and train or if I'm still playing, if I'm in the middle of a round of golf and I'm walking out there and it's 90 degrees outside, like last thing I want to do is suck down a pork missile and feel like shit yes. two holes later and have to yes. run to the bathroom or something like that's just not enjoyable to me. Totally. No, totally. And I think that, you know, it's a good lesson to be learned. And when people, you know, the best advice when people are in those situations is to you just stand your ground and don't feel like you have to over explain. Because mm-hmm. uh, just remember that the people that are making those comments truly are like the most insecure. Tr- truly. Well, and, and then they get to see me hit a golf ball, too, and how I move and stuff. And they. Yeah. It's usually enough said. Totally. And, you know, when not to brag about my appearance, but like it's it it's pretty obvious. Yeah, well, exactly. So it's like if you turn if you turn it around and it becomes. Oh, yeah. well, how did that person end up looking like like that with. 40% body fat, that's all in their beer gut. Yeah. You know, it's just habits over time. But we don't yeah. need to get into that per se. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And I, I don't think they have, like, terrible intentions. It's just it's it's a thing. And I think it's just kind of into our culture. Like, that's kind of what people do. Yeah. Insecure- and that's how people it's, talk to you. It's, 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 it's interesting. I think it's insecurity. But yeah, that's my hot It might be. It probably is. But I don't want to. I like these people out there. Um, it's, just, it's just it is what it is. Yeah, it's a very, very, very common thing. But fit shaming, interesting. Never, I hadn't really heard that until very. It must be a trending thing now recently. I mean, I don't know if it's trending. It's definitely been around. Um, I think in like we'll use like the Marcus Philly example. I think that's your more common example of, of fit shaming, is when people are like, oh, that guy's too much, or like you know when you look at um, like the Olympias and like the bodybuilders and stuff, like oh, gross, that's too much. But that's kind of a form of fit shaming, I guess. Yeah, I think extremes on both ends. I think the fat shaming thing too it goes on both sides, where it's yeah. like there's extremes on both sides that are probably not. But the people in the middle ground are probably more in a healthy place because you can take fitness unhealthily mm-hmm. and it can be too much but it's also nobody's place to comment on either side right. about somebody's personal situation i mean yeah. say whatever you want behind closed doors i guess but nobody needs to be talking about people's it's funny actually that you brought that up i had that woman in my dms yesterday that was like kind of said a weird comment about like thanks for shooting at your squad at that angle and taking up space at the gym and i'm like so is she commenting on like that I like don't, like what that I look large in this picture or bigger than the like Instagram models on her feed? I like get where she was coming again. Her intention was nothing but good and kind, but <laughs> I yeah. also was like, "You're welcome." <laughs> well, I think it's because you took the the angle from. Would you have it on the floor like a dumbbell or something? It was something? just behind me on my like water bottle. Yeah, so it wasn't elevated. You didn't like fix the lighting or it wasn't No, I like... don't care. I just like here I am working out. I literally don't give a fuck. I like stuck it right there yeah. and I pressed the button. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, curated and it's it just like curated. here's my ass and here's my squat. I guess maybe too like <laughs> because we're so used to seeing curated content for so so often that's what everyone does so frequently. It's like unusual to see a just a normal person you know who else does a good job of this is brian bornstein doesn't give a fuck his like garage gym or basement gym is like dark and whatever and his angles are like i mean his body is great he's a fucking bodybuilder but 
it's like I like I appreciate his like unfiltered life. There just aren't a lot of people yeah. on the internet that post just raw footage of themselves working out. Like right. you like everything is so curated. Um but anyway, I don't know. We went off on a little bit of a nutrition tangent, so I guess we can get into the meat and potatoes, no pun intended, of our episode today. Yeah. Um, do you want? Are you going to be the host of the questions, or? Yeah, and I wrote them so it's legible today. Okay. <laughs> oh, because I wrote them last time and they were not. Right. Okay. Go. Okay. Um, this one actually came up today, so I'm I'm happy. This one, this is what we're going to lead off with. Um, one of your favorite sayings is. Exercise is not a weight loss program, and I've stolen it from you, and I've reused it about a million times as well. It's a great, it's a great saying. So explain ethos. to us what we mean when you say that. Exercise is not a weight loss program. So a lot of people get into exercise with the intention of wanting to better themselves, and usually that does mean lose weight. You lose weight by expending more energy than you are consuming, right? And so you can do that by two ways, eating less, consuming less calories, or expending more energy via, there's a few different ways, which I'm going to talk about in a second. There's two ways. That's, that's literally it. That is the energy balance equation. It is the whole like calories in versus calories out. Now there's like, of course, nuance to this. So when people get started on an exercise program with the intention of wanting to burn more calories, they're coming at it at the wrong way. And they're at, they're basically coming, they're, they're attacking their fitness journey at, at the wrong angle because there aren't really that many exercise programs out there that can get you to burn as many calories as you really think that you're going to be burning. First of all, mm-hmm. let alone sustaining that same calorie burn. So for one, when we're training in the gym, no matter what the workout even is, let's just say we're on the treadmill for an hour and we're jogging and we're burning 500, 600 calories. That's a good amount of calories. And typically running and jogging is one of the more higher calorie burning exercises, truly. However, our body gets better over time at the activity that we're doing, right? So it becomes more efficient at running. Therefore we burn less energy through running. And so ultimately like it will burn more energy for a little while. That's why we see people kind of like sustain whatever weight loss that they're sustaining for a few weeks until your body just adapts to that new stimulus and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like an exercise class for 60 minutes, the same idea. It's like a very cardiovascular class. You're jumping around, you're moving around. Cool. Like you expended more energy than you were sitting on the couch. But what happens after six weeks when your body starts to adapt? Your body adapts. It becomes more efficient. You don't have to Mm -hmm. burn as much energy. And you quote unquote plateau and people repeat this cycle over and over and over again. And they're going to say, well, Erica, exercise does. Every time I start up at this gym, I, I lose weight. Every time I get back to the gym in January for four weeks and get on the treadmill every time I, I lose weight. And I say, okay, cool. But what happens after the fact we're using exercise as weight loss? That's where we're messing up because what happens is, multiple things one is 
we do plateau and our body does become efficient and we cannot continue to add on more and more and more. You can't just start doing two hours of the treadmill and then three hours of the treadmill. Like that's literally not a sustainable practice. You will burn out. You will, you won't get anywhere. And then the other thing is oftentimes that either you're going to burn out first or we're going to overcompensate by eating more food because we're exercising and people like to think that they are burning a lot more calories than they are consuming. So we're really bad at estimating the number of calories that we're eating and we're really bad at estimating the number of calories that we're burning. Our watches are terrible for understanding how many calories we're really burning. All of that stuff, the treadmills are really inaccurate. And so we think, wow, I'm exercising so I can eat three pieces of pizza or four pieces of pizza extra tonight because I went to the gym for 12 minutes this Mm -hmm. morning. And so we get into this other thing where we're just kind of eating back the calories that we think that we're burning and we get into these like really crazy cycles of, of on again, off again. And so here's the deal with exercise as, as a weight loss program. Exercise is good for your health. It's good for your body. Your cardio can be Cardio can be good for your heart. Strength training is great for your muscles. These are really good things to be doing. Working out is fantastic. Whatever method method that you choose is better than doing zero working out. But as a weight loss tool, to use it to just burn energy is extremely inefficient and you're working against your body. And we're not taking into account the nutrition side of the equation, which I actually think is the bigger part of the equation when it comes to weight loss. Now, I also want to distinguish between weight loss and fat loss because those are two really different things. And this is where we get into what type of strength, what type of training that we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're big proponents of doing strength training. If you had to choose one, I would choose strength training because strength training allows you to build lean muscle mass or at least maintain the lean muscle mass that you have if you're already feeling like you're in a good place with where you're at. And lean muscle mass is important because that's that's what makes you look good. That's what people want. When people say they want to be toned, they want to look lean, they want to have their muscles pop, They want more lean muscle mass. And when we have more lean muscle mass, we tend to burn more energy anyway at rest. We tend to have higher metabolisms and we tend to be able to eat more food. And when we strength train versus running on the treadmill, we probably don't burn as many calories per workout. If I strength train for 60 minutes and I'm resting and I'm doing like really heavy weights or whatever, but I'm taking long rest periods, I might only be burning a couple hundred calories versus the 600 that I could be on the treadmill. But the payoff down the road and the long-term effects are way better for strength training over doing something like a hit cl- a hit class or a sixty-minute group X class or a treadmill workout. Right. And I'm answering it in this way because I know that's what people are thinking when they're using exercise. Because they because I know that people go start to work out and I know they see the scale go down. Mm-hmm. And that scale weight could be water weight, could be losing some muscle mass especially mm-hmm. if we're doing extreme dieting along with that and not eating enough protein, we could be just losing lean mass on top of all of that. But if we're strength training, we're telling our body to keep muscle mass on our body to build lean mass. If we're eating well, if we're eating enough protein, we're also going to build lean mass, increase our metabolism. The nutrition side of the equation is like the most important part when it comes to whether we're losing or gaining body weight. And so there's a lot of like nuance and all of the things, but like at the end of the day, using exercise for the 
value of calorie burn is very, very silly. There are so many other ways to distribute the energy balance, so to speak. Right. Nutrition being the big one. It's really hard to adjust your, your basal metabolic rate, your BMR, the energy that we burn just sitting every day. But the best way to be doing that is to increase your lean mass. By just right. sitting here and like having more lean mass, I am going to literally burn more calories because muscle tissue is pretty expensive for the body to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this question gets asked to me a lot, not in this way, but I have to give this response and it's which one of your programs is the best for weight loss or, Hey, I'm overweight. Which program should I do? And I have to tell people it's, you know, pretty much the same program. Like if you wanted to gain muscle and burn fat, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it comes down to your nutrition, like almost a hundred percent. Right. Um, you know, when I was a trainer in big box gyms, overwhelmingly people came to you wanting to lose weight and the disservice that you have to do in the big box gym is you really can't talk about nutrition. Right. It's like against their policies. Right. Um, so you have, so if you're going to a normal gym, they're pretty much told to sell you whatever your goal is that, a personal training program is going to be what solves your problems. Yes. And so that's a huge disservice to people. Yeah. And I think that the gyms, certain gyms are getting better about educating their trainers on the nutrition component. We've right. seen, we've seen that. I'm not going to call out any specific brands or whatever, but we've definitely seen nutrition being a part of the conversation, which I love. Right. I also think that there's also something to be said about fitness being a gateway, the gateway drug into getting healthier and ultimately losing weight. So we can't, we can't, uh, I'd be remiss to not point that out also. So mm -hmm. sometimes working out as the lower hanging fruit to take one of your terms. Sometimes the first step is just doing something. And for a lot of people, it's like, I'm just going to start doing exercise because of the domino effect. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start working out. That makes me think about the food that I'm putting in my right. body and how it impacts my workout. Oh, I should probably eat better. That'll make my workouts feel better. So right. I don't feel like shit. Right. Oh, I'm going to start sleeping better because I'm eating better. Oh, I have better energy because I'm sleeping better. And now I'm going to eat better because I feel everything's starting to click. Yep. So there's totally value on that end. But at the same time, it's not the workout program that's magic. So whoever fits Bo Jenny on the Internet is selling you whatever burn booty boot camp melt fat bullshit is completely literally false. It's crazy that these claims are even allowed to be made. It's terrible that people think that that a certain workout will burn more calories and help them lose weight in five minutes. Mm -hmm. When really what we need to be educating people on is how our body actually works. Because yes, you can sell somebody on a program that gets them to move four hours a day and exercise like crazy and, and eat like 1200 calories and do all the things. But we both know that that is such an unsustainable thing that nobody can keep doing for past a few weeks right. without completely burning out and you're just doing the worst thing to your body by repeating that cycle over and over and over again. And instead of getting stronger, feeling really good, learning how exercise can actually just make you feel good, can help your bone strength, can help you be able to lift heavy groceries and live your day better, have less pain. All of the other like millions of reasons why exercise is important besides losing weight. Right. I like to give people this example. I'm like, hey, if I have you that wants to lose weight and I have someone else that wants to gain weight, I could literally give them the exact same workouts. 
be resistance training, it'd be heavy strength training, right? And I could put you on X amount of calories and put you on X amount of calories. You would gain weight or this person would gain weight and you would lose weight. Same workout program. What was the difference? Right. It's nutrition. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But you still both need to work out. I still want you both working out. Yes. (laughs) But that's the only, that's the big difference. Yeah. So just be, be aware of people out there selling you programs that are going to have, you know, this is for fat loss. Like that's not how it really works. Right. Yes. If you are moving more than you were, you're going to be burning more energy. As long as you're eating. Well, yeah, I know where you're going with this, but yeah. And that's what kind of like, like, that's what I said. That's what happens to a lot of people. They start going to the gym and it, it ups their hunger. Mm-hmm. They get more hungry. Yes, they eat more. Which is why I encourage people to just to not necessarily get on the hamster wheel when they're thinking about wanting to lose weight. Because it's cute when the scale moves for the first couple of weeks. But then you're like, shit, I'm starving. Like my hunger signals are literally going up. Well, it's like, yeah. Because you're burning more energy. And then it becomes really hard to stick to your diet plan to maintain a calorie deficit and manage your hunger because you're mm-hmm. really hungry because you're, yeah. you're overdoing it. And then a lot of people are surrounded by food at work. I mean, my clients that I had in Austin, they were all CRNAs and, and a doctor. And they would show they would send me pictures like, look what's in the break room today. All the time. And it was insane. Right. Cakes, cookies, sandwiches, pizza, like you name it. They had it in that room every single day. Yes. Big jars of candy. And these are people that are training hard, trying to lose weight. And I've got them doing like pretty hard weightlifting workouts. And they're going to be. You're going to be hungry. Yes. And that stuff in your break room is going to be hard as shit to resist. Yeah. So yeah. it's a challenge for it sure. It is a challenge. So that's why you eat good whole foods, eat a lot of protein, get satiated eating good quality whole foods. You will want that other stuff less. Right. You will. I think that, that comes up in one of our other questions later. So we'll save that topic. Okay. For Let's the end. go to the next one. That was a good one. Yeah. All right. Um, the next one. We do not believe in like meal plans and lots of meal prepping. So tell us why we don't think that is the best route for a lot of people to take. We prep a little bit. We prep. I mean like, so I'm I'm talking like, you know, the people that meal prep Sunday and and then they lay out all their Tupperware and they've got their next five days of breakfast, lunch and dinner, like that kind of stuff. Why we don't, and why we don't give out meal plans. All right. Well, meal plans for one, I'm going to, this is an easy one up the front. Meal plans for most, um, unless you're a registered dietitian, meal plans are like literally not legal. So we need to be really careful for, again, there are coaches selling you specific meal plans, meaning that they're prescribing you. This is what you eat in the morning. This is what you eat at lunch. This is what you eat at dinner. That, there's like legal issues around that. And I'm always very careful with that with my clients because I never want to be out of scope of practice. That's something that's very, very like wishy-washy in the fitness industry. Like again, Instagram and the internet, like everyone's a professional everything. So Mm -hmm. be mindful of that. But the other side of it and why, even if it was legal, I wouldn't do it is because at the end of the day, (laughs) following a prescribed meal plan is impossible. Yeah. (laughs) And this is coming from someone who's really, really disciplined. But like I ask, I ask people this when they're wanting a meal plan. I say, well, how do we, what do you, what happens when someone asks you to go out to eat? What about on the weekends when you have a football game to go to? What about when there's a wedding? What about when you want something else? (laughs) Like there's a million reasons 
that a meal plan doesn't work. And so even if, cause, because, because nutrition isn't one of those things that you can just be 50, 50 on. And I think that this is where a lot of people actually get lost. Cause like the word consistency gets thrown around a lot. And I, I say the word consistency a lot too, because it does matter, but like we have to define consistency and consistency isn't every other day. You know, I have a lot of clients that'll, and it took me a long time to learn this with clients because they would like really think like I'm tracking my food or I'm, I'm really paying attention to my food. And I, it would be like they were, but it was truly on again, off again, on again, off again, every other day. And to them, like, they're like, well, look, that's awesome. And we could say that is for like a million other things in the world, right? Like whether it's, you know, doing your stretches or your mobility. It's like, if you're doing that every other day, like that's fucking badass. Like Mm -hmm. that's really good. But like food is tough because we're consuming, you know, three or four meals every single day over and over and over again. And it's what our body is literally made up of. So half and half 50, 50 is not that good. 60, 40, not that good. 70, 30, not that good. Not if you have goals that you want to change. Right. And so, especially because you're going to be so, if, if you're meal planning, the chances of you being completely burned out on that food is high. Uh, oh. And you are just ready to destroy some Whataburger <laughs> yes. or something, and you're yes. going to fly off the handle. And if you're on this 2,000 or less calorie diet, you know how quick it is to consume like some fast food and get to two, three, four, five thousand 5,000 calories in a day? It hap- I mean, and consume like a milkshake or something? Like it, People think like, oh, my God, I can't believe you can eat 5,000 calories. Like I could – if we, if I just, I, I the 10,000 calorie challenge, like I don't see a big deal of that. And not like, at all. Yeah. You and I like, could crush that. I would crush that. Like Correct. to overconsume calories. If you are tired of eating something and you have ravenous cravings and you can't control it, psh, thousands and thousands of calories. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> One second. You're getting ahead of ourselves. So meal plans, meal, whatever is like if for you to say that you're going to truly follow seven days a week, three meals a day, 21 meals week after week after week. Even if you did, again, we'll go back to, okay, you think that you can do that for eight weeks, 12 weeks. What happens after that? What did you learn? You learned that you could follow a meal plan for 12 weeks, which is, I don't, I still don't really know anybody that follows meal plans besides like bodybuilders, but we're not going to talk about them. You did that for 12 weeks and then you're done. You're going to go back to eating the way that you did. Mm Mm-hmm or you're going to have a, Oh my God, I'm starving. I want, give me some peanut butter for God's sakes, or give me a, you know, an ice cream or whatever. It's just, you're not learning, you're not educating on anything. And so that's the part for me where it's like, you can teach a man, teach a man to fish, right? teach a man to fish, teach people what portion sizes look like. We always go back to tracking. And I understand that not everyone needs to track forever, but there's so much to learn by tracking your calories because yeah, back to what we started off with too, was like people underestimate how many calories that they're eating. Right. And a lot of the foods that we think are like the, the smoothies, it's the the avocado toast with a pound of olive oil on it. These things have thousands of calories in them. Mm -hmm. Smoothies. I'm not sitting here saying that they're bad or good, but like, it's just easy to pack three or four bananas and four tablespoons of peanut butter in a smoothie. You wouldn't know about it. You would literally suck down a thousand calories. No problem. No yeah. question before eating another meal or that's like your post-workout shake. Yeah. Because that's what the lifetime smoothie bar told you you should have after your workout. And then you go eat something after that. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And then this isn't shaming anybody. This is just like very normal. It's very easy to drink calories. 
and then you move on with your life and you eat another meal. It's so easy to overconsume calories. Yeah. But when you learn that information, you start then you can really start to be like, oh, well, I'm going to choose this. I'm choosing this over this today. Mm-hmm. Oh, this has more protein in it. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna double my meat portion on my Chick Fil A sandwich and skip the fries. Right. Cool. You start to learn how to actually like integrate fast food life and living your best life and getting pork missiles at the turn or whatever, like with also eating good food. And you and I do that all the time where it's like, we're going to go out to eat tonight. We love to do restaurant night a couple times a week or whatever. And we'll kind of plan around that and we'll have like good meals and, you know, make sure that we're eating nice, high quality protein to be able to go out and like enjoy life. And that's because mm-hmm. that's part of it too. We don't want to be the people that are with our Tupperwares 24 seven everywhere we go eating like bland terrible food which is the next part of the why we don't do a lot of meal prep and i think that that's the whole like you're eating the same food over and over again food tends to not taste that good after a couple days in the refrigerator you do start to get the i've I've seen it on the internet now they're calling it like the chicken ick and it's like everyone where you're just like done with something and it's like oh i had that with salmon for a while too like yes and and guys we've done this we've done the meal prepping where it's been for five days and we've eaten out of the tupperwares and it does it just like it's it it makes food not even taste good. And then you don't want to eat anything that's actually good for you. Do you remember when I used to make those that giant vat of eggs? Yes. <laughs> and that grossed the shit out. It just it's like for some reason it's like the quantity went up by a million and it's just like, oh, and it would just sit in the refrigerator and it's like I'd eat these rubbery eggs in the morning. Ugh. I mean, that's just too much. So guys, I think the, a big well, part of a big part of your health is enjoying is enjoying your food too, right? right? And so it's important to be able to integrate a quality, a, your quality of life with being healthy as well and having the opportunity to eat something at the fair, but also like eat other good things throughout the rest of your week. So it takes a little bit more time. I get why people want to just be told what to eat. I understand that. But like, again, we need to stop thinking so short term with this stuff because right. once you get past the first, it's like, it sucks for like four weeks to learn. It really doesn't take that long. Like it sucks for like a, a month or two. But once you get the hang of it and you go through a few weekends of eating out and you learn how to track your food and you get more comfortable and understand that like it's not the end of the world if you're not perfect, you'll get there and you'll understand how to eat balance and you don't have to track for forever and you can just take care of yourself. Right. I think it comes back to uh, episode that we had a, a little while ago about you know when you hire a personal trainers because they take so much off your plate and they do so much for you I kind of think there's a little element of that there on the meal plans is you'd think just take this off my plate tell me what to do I'll pay you whatever just give me the food and I will eat it you won't you won't people don't and that's just very short-term thinking think in the long term like you said learn how to Pick the right foods, what's a good protein, what makes you feel well. Because, again, someone could write you a meal plan and you have terrible digestion. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you wake up in the morning feeling like shit. You can't sleep at night. Like, all these things affect you. And so you can always be playing with what kind of food that you're putting in your body if you are learning how to make your own version of a meal plan yes. that works best for you as opposed to just letting someone outsource it and just because it fits some calorie or macronutrient profile for you um, – you know, you find out what you enjoy eating, what makes you feel well, and that's going to go a long, long way. Yeah, I'm really glad that you touched on that because a lot of people too will then follow up or clients even that I onboard are like, well, what, what recipes do you have? And I'm like, none. I don't do that either. <laughs> and I don't do that because of that. Like, you know, 
sure, I could share a couple of the things that I, and I do, like the, the things that we commonly do or we'll eat or whatever, but it's more around like how I might prep a protein or whatever. And it's not specific recipes because everyone's taste buds are different. I'm like, yeah. yo, I eat beef in the morning with broccoli for breakfast. Like, do you want to just Sometimes jump into cold. that? Sometimes I eat it cold from the refrigerator <laughs> and like, that's weird as shit or whatever. But like, I'm never going to tell a client that they need to eat the way that I do. I want to empower people to like choose the proteins that they, that they do like, Oh, you, you're more into like pork or whatever. Cool. Go, go all in on that. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's where we're all really individual. And I think that that is, that's fine. Everyone has really, you know, different relationships with food and different dietary needs and stuff and how food makes them feel. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't sit in here and eat a bunch of raw vegetables. Like I wouldn't want to sit here and have someone write me a meal plan with all that in it. So it's like, you know, learn to tune into your body and it's actually really cool. Once you do, it's a yeah. really fun, like exercise to like tune in and understand how foods make you feel. Yeah. And I think as far as like the, the prepping goes, you know, I came from a restaurant background and you basically, if you were to look at a line of a restaurant when they're making food, they have just things that are prepped, like chopped up, ready to go. That can be quickly assembled into a meal, like yeah. thrown in a pan, throw it all together. Yes. That's going to taste so much better. Yes. Um, and you know, we do, we do prep like some meats in ahead of time. We usually just try to keep it like a couple days. Yes. And that's usually just like our ground turkey and maybe a steak or something like that. I'll reheat. Um, but you know, like a lot of things, like I like to cook my eggs fresh. Um, we cook chicken fresh every day um, in a quick air fryer. So like these are just little things that go a long way. So yeah, take a, take a page out of the restaurant's book and and have things prepped. Throw it all together, cook it up. It's real quick and easy, and it tastes so much better. It does, and and yeah, that's a big that's a big one for people because they get burnt out on the like, ew, I ate this chicken breast from three days ago, and I'm like, well, no shit, that's yeah, it disgusting. Tastes like shit. Yeah, yeah, like it doesn't. It really doesn't have to be disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan too of like doing, you know, truly doing like um dinner breakfast. So whatever you ate the night before, that's can be a really good thing for I get clients to have that for breakfast the next day or at least your lunch. So you're at least kind of doing like two or three meals in one, in one cook sesh and then you're eating that the next couple of meals or whatever. Yeah. Keep it simple, but keep it yeah, keep it fresh cuz good food does taste good. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, you're going to be more likely to stick to a plan um or just a set of guidelines, I guess, um if it tastes good. Correct. Yeah, cuz if you're eating like I could just rem- remember and I've done this, you know, I'd, I'd be at my, I ran a gym, I'd be sitting there, I would have my salmon and um, what I have like green beans or something sitting in the refrigerator. And then the other trainer would come in and he'd be eating a, what was that place? Don Pollo. Oh, he'd man. have like a big thing of chicken, like some yucca fries. And I was like, oh, fuck that salmon. I'm <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> out the door. I'm getting right. me some Don Pollo. Right. You know, so it's like, and if it was, if it tasted a little bit better, if it wasn't four day old salmon, maybe I would have been more inclined to totally to stick with it. But. Totally. That's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Gone are those days. Next uh, question. Don Pollo was good in Bethesda, Maryland. All right. Uh, next question. Oh, well, we just answered this. Did we? Yeah. yeah why, why we believe in counting macros. That's why I believe to teach man to fish. I believe that we should learn about what is in our food. Um, there's so many, you know, um, you know, negative, there's negative connotations with everything, but you know, if calorie counting is triggering to you or you've done weight watchers and you think it's just the worst thing ever, Counting macros is just understanding proteins, carbs, and fats. Those are the three macros, alcohol being like that fourth one. But protein, carbs, and fats are in all the foods. All the foods are made up of at least at least one of those, usually a couple of those macronutrients. And it's just about learning what is in our food and how those foods make you feel. 
protein is essential for us to be eating and a lot of people don't eat enough of it. And so that's the biggest one for people to feel good and grow muscle and um, have a good, better body composition and feel satiated and feel whole and get good micronutrients, vitamins and minerals. So if we're paying attention to the foods that we're eating, just by doing that for a, a month consistently and tracking all of your meals, you can learn so much about yourself and about your diet. And then from there, you can make educated decisions on what to change. That's mm-hmm. I'm a big data person. I've always been a numbers person. So if you're just flying by the seat of your pants and you're wanting to lose weight and it's like, well, how do you know how many calories that you eat now? You should probably just get an idea of where you're at before doing something very extreme or cutting out. And I don't believe in cutting out entire food groups. I believe in educating people so they understand just like you would make a budget with money. Mm-hmm. There's the same exact thing. We don't think that it's very weird to like budget your money and, you know, look at your credit card statement and know where all of the money is going in different, you know, this goes to my housing. This goes to my utilities. This goes to, entertainment same exact thing as we're doing with macros right same thing and i think we do macros because we can i mean we don't believe in cutting out entire food groups um we've tried a lot of diets and things like that and we just you know don't go that way but you know it is like if you are you know if you do choose to be a vegan or keto or whatever it is that you're going to do you can still use macros yeah you can and that way you're kind of keeping yourself on track to make sure that you're getting you know, for people that are listening, work out, you know, you need to be getting carbohydrate to make sure that you're fueling for your body, fueling mm-hmm. your body. Or if you are literally doing keto, whatever, then you need to be looking at your fat macros. Right. You know, a lot of people say they are doing keto and really they're eating a high protein diet. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not keto at all. Keto is high fat, low protein, um, low um, carb. no carbs. We did um, keto once. It was not our favorite. Whoa. That was a wild time. <clears throat> wild time really that felt so bizarre but um yeah i mean macros are just really good ways it's a great way to educate it's the only way that i found that's like the most effective to apply towards all the scenarios of nutrition no matter really what your goals are macros whether it's performance whether it's to gain whether it's to just feel better whether it's to work on your gut health Mm -hmm. i work with people on their gut health and i use macros right 